Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carouseling, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome, friends, to the very first episode of Roundtable Radio. My name is Odin Hartshorn-Halverson, and along with my dear friend Kyle Matthews, I founded Roundtable Writers as a way of connecting and collaborating with as many people as we could find. Uh, Once the pandemic hit and we couldn't meet in person anymore, I decided to take our group digital in order to connect with friends, new and old, from all around the world. Our mission statement is artists supporting artists because we believe that it is through community and communication that the arts will thrive and the world will become a healthier, happier, and more wholesome place for all. Before I get into the meat of today's episode, which includes a classic poem, news from the world of writing, and a short writing prompt to take home with you, let's address what makes Roundtable Radio different from the other podcasts you might be listening to. Roundtable Writers and Roundtable Radio, by extension, are collaborative experiences. On Roundtable Radio, you will hear a wide range of voices from our community, each bringing a unique perspective with their own content and style. Our members are invited to offer book reviews, readings from their work, news from the world of writing, politics, and the arts, and explorations of craft and the nitty-gritty details of the writing life. Roundtable Radio will also soon feature a regular monthly community episode, featuring several of our members at once in a true roundtable format. There, we're going to chat, talk about our favorite things, muse on the artistic secrets we've gleaned, and offer tips and tricks to help keep you motivated on the path to self-betterment and personal success. I will also offer a weekly episode where I talk about an eclectic range of subjects, read some poetry, highlight interesting news stories, and read selections from my own essays and work. I speak for both myself and our whole community when I tell you just how grateful we all are to have you here with us. If you enjoy what we do, please leave a five-star rating on the podcasting app of your choice. We love to read those, and we'll shout out recognition here on the podcast whenever we see them go up. And now, on to our episode. I want to share a poem with you by Daniel A. Drown, entitled, To a Friend. As twilight fades upon the west, and zephyrs yield their rich bequest of odors to the evening air, from leaflets and from flowerets fair, so may fresh incense for you rise, 
when time shall shade your future skies. To soothe with peace those future years, when strength grows weak, and hopes and fears as tendrils of the running vine around the oak their grasp entwine, to find support to rise on high as if to seek the fair blue sky, so may your hopes, like ivy cling, to truth a constant peace to bring, and bid your faith seek clearer skies, where joy fails not, where sorrow dies, as gently as the evening breeze soft whispers through the murmuring trees. As calmly as the crystal tide kisses the pebbles by its side, in all your ways appear to all, nor shun the weak when once they fall, but flowers scatter in the way, and cheer their hearts as best you may. That was from an extremely old collection entitled Favorite Poems, publication date unknown. I love, love collecting old books. I love the smell of them. I love the feel of them. And I'm really excited to bring to life more of these poems from this classic collection and others that I have in the future. And now I have some news from the world of writing and the arts. The big news that I want to mention this episode is the incredible award from Ursula K. Le Guin's estate. I'm actually going to read this directly from an article in The Guardian written by Alison Flood and published on the 21st of October. Winning the National Book Foundation Medal for Distinguished Contribution to American Letters in 2014, the late Ursula K. Le Guin spoke of how hard times are coming when we'll be wanting the voices of writers who can see alternatives to how we live now, can see through our fear-stricken society and its obsessive technologies to other ways of being, and even imagine real grounds for hope. And seven years later, a new literary award is being launched by her estate to honor those authors. The Ursula K. Le Guin Prize for Fiction will be awarded for the first time next year on the 21st of October, which would have been the Earthsea author's 93rd birthday. Worth $25,000, it will go to a work of imaginative fiction with the intention of recognizing the writers Le Guin spoke of in her 2014 acceptance speech. She said at the time that she was sharing the medal with all the writers who've been excluded from literature for so long, my fellow authors of fantasy and science fiction, writers of the imagination, who for 50 years have watched the beautiful rewards go to the so-called realists. When the hard times arrive, Le Guin said, we'll need writers who can remember freedom, poets, visionaries, realists of a larger reality. Le Guin died in 2018, aged 88. Theo Downs Le Guin, her son and literary executor, said he hoped the prize would provide meaningful help and recognition to writers who might otherwise not receive it. Many will appreciate an irony in that Ursula herself was suspicious of literary awards and prizes. At the same time, she recognized their genuine value in honoring a writer and increasing visibility for good, undervalued writing. She also knew that a bit of money at the right moment and in the right spirit can be a turning point in a writer's ability to continue writing. 
he added. Le Guin was the winner of six Nebula Awards, eight Hugo Awards, and the Science Fiction Fantasy Writers of America's Grand Master Award. She was known for works of science fiction such as The Dispossessed and The Left Hand of Darkness and the celebrated and award-winning Earthsea children's fantasy novels, which are currently being adapted for television. Her estate said it wanted to honor novels that reflect some of the themes and ideas that were central to Ursula's own magnificent and beloved work, including hope and freedom, alternatives to conflict, and holistic view of humanity's place in the natural world. The new award will be open to all. Readers, authors, booksellers, publishers, librarians, and anyone else can nominate work they believe fits the prize criteria, said Ursula K. Le Guin Literary Trust, which will create a shortlist of finalists to be read by a panel of judges, including David Mitchell, Louis Alberto Urea, and Becky Chambers. Cloud Atlas author Mitchell said he was deeply honored to judge the award. Ursula K. Le Guin's visionary fiction entered my head when I was young and has never left. Her novels and stories defined, in part, my understanding of what fiction can do, should do, and why, said Mitchell. I look forward to encountering new works of imaginative fiction which, like Ursula's, glow in the dark. Chambers, author of The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, agreed, Ursula Le Guin's books are what made my younger self want to become a science fiction writer, so I consider it a huge honor to be part of the jury for this prize, she said. Fictional futures that give us something to point our compasses toward are a vital thing, and I'm so excited for the opportunity to help celebrate the voices continuing that work. The nomination period for the 2022 prize will begin on the 1st of February of next year, uh, with details available at UrsulaKLeGuin.com. So that's some pretty darned exciting news. Le Guin was famously anti-capitalist, and her work consistently shown as a bastion for explorations beyond our current geopolitical and social modes. Hopefully, this award will inspire others to take on the same sort of challenges with their own work. I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what comes from this. I think having the opportunity to showcase work that <laughs> does imagine a larger reality is so very vital in this day and age. Now, I'm going to talk briefly about something very exciting that's happening this month, that many of you will already be in the middle of, but not everybody will have heard of. It is called NaNoWriMo. No, that's not some sort of strange animal from a mythic land. It stands for National Novel Writing Month. This is an event that was formed a couple decades ago now by Chris Beatty, and the entire point is to write a 50,000-word novel or novella in just 30 days. Um, at least that is the primary goal that is stated on the website. People who are familiar with NaNoWriMo are going to know that trying to write 1,667 words each day, which is the minimum required each day to hit that 50,000 words, that's asking a lot especially these days when everyone has so much on their plate, when we're dealing with massive political upheaval and homelessness and job crises and, oh yes, a pandemic, it can be pretty hard to set aside the 
hour, two hours, sometimes even three hours that it might take to get those words onto the page. But the truth is, all National Novel Writing Month is doing is providing you with a example goal. It's trying to build up your ability to write consistently, write daily, and have fun writing for the sheer love of writing without having to go back and worry about polishing as you go. Now, I used to do National Novel Writing Month uh, pretty consistently myself. I didn't always win, but I did manage to get the 50,000 words a few times. And I also helped run events locally in my county, well, actually my, my kind of like larger county area and unincorporated areas, for several years as a municipal liaison, uh, which meant I connected with coffee shops and libraries and the public itself, the writing public, to try and bring together as many people as possible and form a large writing community. NaNoWriMo really is about community, and that, that's something that I think it's pretty easy to lose sight of, especially if we are all trying to connect online, and so many of us are burned out with purely online connections. But that is where the magic of NaNoWriMo lies. This year, I decided to do National Novel Writing Month because I have a novel that I need to finish. I was working on it for the last year of my master's program, and this year I've been working on it a little sporadically. I set it aside for a few months after I finished my master's because I was exhausted and wanted to work on something else. And now I'm getting back into it and it needs some pretty heavy revision. And I thought to myself, well, hey, you know, 1,667 words is a bare minimum for getting this uh, this next version of my novel out. That, that doesn't sound so crazy. And as it turns out, I usually get around uh, 1,800 to, you know, 2,200 words out a day. But in order to make that happen, I need to illustrate something, because in order to make that happen, I had to drastically change my entire schedule around. I used to be pretty careful about getting to sleep uh, early, you know, so I'd start my schedule around 8.30 and um, you know, try to be asleep by 9.30. Well, now I get writing at 9 o'clock p.m., and I write until 11 or midnight. I get my words done, and it's a lot of fun, and it's lovely. And that also means that I need to sleep during the middle of the day. <laughs> this is because my partner is a teacher, and I need to be up in the morning with her, helping her get ready. And there is a lot to do in our life. So I have now started taking a nap in the middle of the day for two hours. And fitting in all of my work, all of my appointments, everything else that I do around my new midday nap. Now, uh, I understand that that, you know, that privileged position isn't something that everybody can enjoy, but it is possible to get whatever your goal is for NaNoWriMo done. You can actually make this month your own. If you want to set out for that 50,000 word goal, fantastic. But I'm not going to sit here and say that you have to. The ultimate goal, what you really need to do, is create work that you are proud of and help create the community that you're proud of. Connect with the community that you're proud of. Make friends. Reach out on Twitter. Reach out online. Or reach out, you know, in person to that friend you have who uh, is vaccinated and who loves to write. Whatever you do, spend this month doubling down on your commitment to your own writing, 
Don't let it be about an arbitrary goal or anything stressful in the outside world. Just make sure that you're committing to what you love to do. And in that case, you're you're a winner. It doesn't matter whether you write 500 words or 100,000 words. You are doing the thing. And now in, uh, in relation to that, I'm going to offer you a writing exercise of the day. Sometimes we writers can get caught up in our descriptions, our tags, our cues, and the surroundings, and then we end up being distracted by what actually makes dialogue between characters feel real and organic. That is why today's exercise is to take a selection of your work, something conversation-heavy, and turn it into a script. You can write a fresh conversation or turn a conversation from one of your current pieces into a script. Either way, see what happens when you use the script format instead of prose. Now, if you're already working on a script, try the reverse. What happens if you write prose around your scripted dialogue, flesh out those limited stage directions you might have, and fully realize the world that your characters are in? Notice how it might change their tone and mannerisms. Or maybe you're writing poetry. What happens when you turn out a poem that looks like a script? What does the format do to your syntax and rhythm? How does it feel to read those dialogue tags aloud, bringing that part of the format directly into the art? So give that a shot, and then let us know on Twitter whether or not that worked for you, what you experienced trying this exercise and uh, if you're going to try it again in the future. On Twitter, Roundtable Writers is at the RT Writers. Again, that's at the RT Writers. Well, uh, that's it for me this week. It's so exciting to be bringing our community to the public in this way. We will have more episodes coming up uh, this week and every week, both my segment and other segments from the community. So, Keep an ear out for those. I want to openly invite anyone listening to submit questions, news items we might find of interest, and general suggestions. We are excited to engage with you, dear listener, and hopeful that our efforts can help support the broader art community. Thank you so much for listening to Roundtable Radio, and from all of us here at Roundtable Writers, I wish you safety, well-being, and a successfully met word count goal in the days ahead. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Kofi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Kofi page at kofi.com/roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cali Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.